Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts Brett Lindley and Walker Nier. I'm Brett, and today we talk about persistence in gaming and how it affects how we play, as well as several titles available on Xbox Game Pass that we've picked up recently. What's up, Walker? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's going on, Brett? Um, so I've actually, uh, over the last few weeks, tried several different games and, and spent some time with them. Um, no way. I know, I know. You didn't play one game for weeks straight? I know. Well, I guess, so I guess the reason that I say it that way is that I actually feel like, unlike usual, eh, it probably won't bear out to be true, I feel like I spent more time with them Okay, and that's fair. With, with more of them than I normally do. Um, but that might not be accurate. I don't know. Anyway, we'll start off with the one I'm, I'm the most excited about. Um, yeah. It's a game that just actually hit 1.0, came out of early access, called Risk of Rain 2. Ooh. Um, you had actually bought Risk of Rain, the original one, and for like me and a few other people, I mean eight years ago. I mean, it was a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. I tried to get a, a small party pack of risk of brain going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember playing it a little bit and I, I think we played it the night that you gave it to us. And then I don't know if we ever went back to it again or not. Um, I remember risk of rain two seeing it in early access, but I didn't, I mean, I wasn't that excited. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, didn't think it sucked or something, but just right. The first one didn't didn't really like leave some lasting impression with me. The second um, one is hugely different. So so Risk of Rain One is a roguelite platformer kind of shootery kind of thing. And two D side scroller though. Yeah, two D side scrolling. And Risk of Rain Two is a fully three D. Yes, correct. Um, yeah, and certainly you can, you'll have to add color to how it compares to the first one if you're more familiar with it, because I don't know the first one really at all, so I don't know how it differs. I never got very far in the first okay. one, so, I mean, I got a little, a little ways in, but I don't have a breadth of experience with the first one. So, so I don't know, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of going all over the place here. I don't know how much I've talked about this on the show. I've, I definitely have talked about it just personally with other people here over the last several weeks, but... You know, obviously, and hey, we're less than three minutes in, and I'm going to mention the word MMO. But <laughs> normally, you know, I'm such a huge MMO fan, and and part of that is that I love the giant worlds that they create, which is why I love GTA. Like, I just, I love giant, big open worlds that are well crafted. Yeah. Um, but I also am kind of a sucker for persistence. You know, like I've never really been into rogue like games. Right. Um. And here lately, I'm actually finding that that's actually what I'm the most attracted to is games that have very little persistence. So like Slay the Spire, right. no persistence. Um, this, no persistence. Sea of Thieves, technically persistence via cosmetics, but really no persistence. Um, and I'm finding that I enjoy it because it's just kind of like there's just no pressure to because the run is the run you know what i mean right. like, you can yeah. it's definitely an, a non-persistent game is something that you can have not played for because there's kind of an old meme of like you pick up a game you see your last save from like six months ago you have to load it up and you're like i have no idea where i am or what i'm doing like a terraria save right right like i can't i just gotta re-go i gotta start over Hmm. yeah exactly so it's it it's well and it's also like there's 
in in games with persistence, there's a tendency to want to like look up, you know, how do I min max my build or whatever, just all these things. And in a risk of rain, I mean, I'm sure there's some things you could look up to try and optimize, but at the same time, because it's so heavily based in RNG, um, it's, again, it's just kind of like the run is the run. What you find is what you find. So the way the game plays for anyone who's not familiar with it is you, you, as soon as you start the game, you launch into a, an open, you drop off into an open world and there's a timer and a difficulty meter in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. And as time progresses, the difficulty meter also progresses. So it starts at easy, goes to medium, goes to hard and goes to like, I don't know, I think there's maybe five ch- levels beyond hard. The last one is just ha ha ha, <laughs> which is kind of amusing. Um, and then there's, I, I think there is one after ha 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 that's just like H with A's across your whole screen. That may be. That may be. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know for sure. I think it just adds more A's after that. Like it just right. keeps adding A's. It looked like we got to a point where it stopped creating new thresholds. Okay. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, if it was still creating them, they were farther out. But either way, um, and yeah, it's just a, a third-person shooter. So enemies. Uh, before that, actually, so the objective of every map is that you're trying to find a teleporter activate the teleporter it'll summon a boss you have to kill the boss stay within a certain radius of the teleporter and then once the boss is dead and the teleporter has had enough time to like charge up you can click it and go through it to the next map um when you go to the next map the timer and the difficulty does not reset um your money like whatever money you acquired on the the previous map is converted into experience so as you're playing, you're leveling up and the leveling up just is just a passive stat increase. Um, and that's true for the enemies as well. As you level up, they level up with you. So they also get passive stat increases that are based on the type of enemy that it is. Um, and then you're really just running around using the money. You're finding different chests and there's 3d printers and there's just these different containers, uh, where you can find gear, um, to equip. And the gear is, really really far reaching as far as what it does you might find something that just gives a flat defensive bonus where it reduces damage by a flat amount or you might find something that converts all of your health into shields and so then that works totally different or anyway there's just a huge variety of upgrades and you can find different drones to follow you around that are like gunners or healers or missile turrets or whatever um and then the enemies just spawn kind of around you like there's not you know, there's there's not a level layout where you're going from like camp to camp of enemy. I'm pretty sure you could just post up in one spot on the map if you wanted and just farm there. You just aren't really incentivized to do that because you need to go and get more find gear and, and find the teleporter. Yeah, yeah. It uh, definitely gives off like Binding of Isaac type vibes in the way that it plays. Not you know, like if Binding of Isaac was a third person over the shoulder shooter, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I actually am not that familiar with Binding of Isaac. I mean, I know what it is, and I've seen, you know, screenshots, or I'm sure I've seen a video of it before. But, um, I mean, it's similar to like Enter the Gungeon, in just right. like items and stats are random, and you can. But you, that doesn't mean you can't maximize a run by looking right. for certain things or trying to focus on getting certain power ups. Right. Yeah. There's and in, in, in risk of rain, there's no limit to the power ups you can get. So if you right. find something and you can afford it, there's not really a reason not to get it. 
and even if you can't afford it, you could just farm for long enough to, to get it. The only thing that's counting against you is the the constant timer that that's always moving. And the, the difficulty ramping up. You gotta exactly. Keep, you got to keep ahead of that. Right, right. Um, very kind of serious Sam is what it reminds me of playing, actually, where it's like hordes of enemies swarming and <laughs> strafing backwards. It's like so strafing sideways and backwards and jumping is kind of the very best <laughs> right. way to move and, and stay alive and break, you know, break their, their aim. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just been, it's been a really fun, it's been a really fun time. I, I've played it by myself the most, but I have another buddy that picked it up and I've been playing with him as well. And that's been a lot of fun. There's a wide variety of characters you can unlock. I've, I've only unlocked four of them so far, um, but they play very differently um, both in mobility and just, I mean, one character I played as an engineer, and it doesn't even have a, a like a an assault rifle type gun. It has a a grenade launcher and some proximity mines. And then you can drop turrets, and the turrets inherit all of your power ups that you have on your uh, characters. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So it, it ends up getting you end up finding kind of cool combos through like so. There's one item that will uh, cast a healing aura around your character if you stay stationary for two seconds. So uh, the, the targets are stationary, right? So a they create little healing zones for the player, but they also heal themselves. Oh, that's indefinitely. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I don't know, just neat little things that that you can kind of find. That again, if I'd looked on a wiki or something, maybe it would have been stated that that's an obvious combo right away. But I, I don't care. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Like, right? I don't really expect to beat Risk of Rain. Uh, with any consistency, I mean, maybe someday I'll have a good run and actually get through all of the maps or whatever. Um, I have no idea how many there are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the end actually looks like. So how many, uh, how many hours do you think you put into it so far? Mm, I can look and see. I've got 10 hours, 10 and a half hours so far. Not bad. Not bad. Um, so yeah, not no lifing it or something, but for what it is, I mean, it's also a very, you know, it's not as it's not nearly as visually gratifying or audio <laughs> gratifying as Doom. No, but, but it definitely has like a, a. So I've watched a fair, not a huge amount, but a, a fair amount of it, and uh, I would say that it, it reminds me a bit of like Astroneer, a smidge, and just kind of a, a flat, kind of cell shaded. Mm, yeah, I, I would say Astroneer is prettier. Um, Risk of Rain kind of has this like lo-fi thing going on with it right. i mean it's not it's not you know minecraft or something no but... and it's not like a like a super polygon time like a oh the the game with the red dudes that time only moves hot super hot it's not like super hot level right of, yeah yeah i would say i would say astroneer is a little cuter for lack of a better word That's um fair. but yeah. yeah it's i mean it, it's yeah it's definitely not um graphically a robust <laughs> experience at all um but yeah it's just it's it's fun to be able to drop in there's action right away there's things to consider with getting upgrades and collecting money and you know managing the difficulty and the timer and all that um and yeah i don't know i like i said i really enjoy the lack of persistence which is something that really surprised me about slay the spire which i know i've talked about a lot but Again, I've never really been a fan of roguelike games. I mean, FTL I thought was cool, but I was turned off by the roguelike mechanics of it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so Do you I don't think know. you'll keep playing? 
Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that I spend a hundred hours solo, but right. um, certainly with my other buddy that's playing, it's a, it's a, again, it's just a really quick, easy thing to drop in and out of. Um, you know, it's, it's made me, it's actually my, my appreciation for the lack of persistence <laughs> lately has actually made me kind of understand even more the, the, the reason that the battle Royale genre is so popular because it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, call of duty in 2007 kind of revolutionized multiplayer shooters by adding kits and new guns to unlock and all these RPG light mechanics to it. And now, and like that became the standard, like any yeah. multiplayer shooter had to have that. I mean, Halo caught a lot of crap because it, it kind of tried to lean into some of that and that was never their brand, you know, but every game kind of went that way eventually. I mean, all the modern shooters are that way until the, the battle Royale. And then it kind of shakes all that up again with each run as its own run. There's cosmetic things you can unlock right, but as far right. as actually game changing. There's, there's just not really much to it. And I think that that's a big part of why it's so appealing in the same way. Um, I think MOBAs, kind of on, honestly offer that appeal to some extent because yeah. you, you know a rocket league you're just jumping into matches the difference being i think maybe that in slay the spire or risk of rain i don't feel like the skill cap is really all that high um whereas in rocket league or league of legends or the mobas you know obviously you can practice for a hundred thousand hours yeah and right. still have I mean, you're also go. talking about pve versus pvp experiences too which that's also to very true for. Yeah, and that might be actually that might be really the bigger thing that defines it is that because those other games are PvP, the meta kind of has to, to shift. And um, but again, when it comes to battle royale, that you see a lot of those same roguelike kind of elements sure. where you don't know what gear you're going to get. But you're also not <laughs> as drawn to those either, whereas you're being drawn to some more PVE style. It is, like. but honestly, it's because in battle royales, largely. Um, there's just a lot of downtime. There's just, I mean, you can, I mean, PUBG, which I didn't spend a ton of hours on PUBG, but in PUBG, I remember spawning one time inside a house that just happened to be inside of the circle. And that just happened to that where I was happened to stay inside the circle for the whole game. Oh, wow. So I just didn't move a lot cause I didn't have a reason to, and I had yeah. equipment or whatever. Well, what ends up happening is I'm in the game for 30 minutes looking out a window at nothing, which was actually tense at the oh, I'm sure. in the moment. Yeah. But then eventually it resolves by some guy shows up and kills me pretty quickly. And then that's it. And it's like all of the feeling of tension that I had felt very underwhelming because now I lost and now I just start over and here we go again. And it's like, eh, I don't know. But like Warzone, the Call of Duty one, I have enjoyed more, but it's because it actually has a ton of mechanics built into it to make people go together, um, to force to force people to be together and to, to fight. So you don't have giant lulls of 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, you get a right. few minutes here and there, but um, it's pretty easy to find action. Right on. So yourself, what have you been playing here lately? So I guess we'll start on the tension angle. Um, I've, I've had a few things that I've picked up recently and, uh, I've picked up my first game in, I don't know how long that, um, I don't know, like I want to play and don't know if I can. Mm. Uh, so 
Xbox Game Pass has been phenomenal and mm-hmm. was a very great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went ahead and picked up Alien Isolation. Um, and I've been a pretty big fan of at least the classic Alien series uh, since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is because I uh, watched the Aliens, at least parts of several of the Aliens movies, long before I ever really should have. Um, we're talking like seven, eight years old. Um, and those are horrifying movies. And they're horrifying not in a like, you know, clown monster sort of way, but very psychological like creepy kind of way they're not they are gory movies in parts but outside of the gore it's really all about tension and atmosphere and theme and alien isolation does something that none of the other alien games has ever done which is pull off the atmosphere of the game well i mean if i'm not mistaken it's because it not exclusively because but largely in part because it's not designed that you're fighting the alien. Mm-hmm. Like you're not a Marine or something. No. Yeah. You're just a person. Mm. And it is, I haven't. So, so to be clear, I have about fifth, maybe 20 minutes total game time. And I have not yet seen the alien and just noticing the game mechanics, I have noped out completely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not a big horror person to begin with. Uh, I would be very upfront about that. I'm very easy to scare, uh, especially for, like, gore doesn't bother me as much, but, like, tension bothers me. Mm. And and probably my history, like, I think I would probably do better with something like a Dead Space or any any other style because i just i'm a little less attached to the atmosphere and the monsters and things like that like oh i see what you're saying because of the nostalgia for right the nostalgia it's not good nostalgia with aliens it's like Mm -hmm. nightmare fuel times a thousand so it's it's always very difficult for me but Mm -hmm. i love the xenomorph like the xenomorph is one of the coolest aliens like ever Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's a I mean, it's like the first Zerg, right? Like, <laughs> it's mm. like the, the prototype Hydralisk. Like, right, right. And so, like, from a Tyranid perspective and a Zerg perspective, like, the, the Xenomorph has a lot of love in there. But the theming of those movies is, is what captures that atmosphere of tension. And I, like, crawled into a ventilation tunnel trying to like restore power to this area to just i'm exploring literally the first 30 minutes of the game you know and and Mm -hmm. the amount of like the lighting the way the lighting is played in that game everything is dark everything is offline you're having to like rely on flares there's no flashlight at least yet i don't know so it's a lot of like flares and very limited resources and trying to restore power to things and like crawling in a ventilation shaft i i thought that the, the alien was above me it was just my own the audio is also very intense like your footsteps are important because it will hear you and track you so like your normal walking speed is almost a crawl but it's quiet mm. but when you run it's like it's it's not just background audio of footsteps it's loud clanging like me- boots on metal right and, 
same thing in like crawling through a ventilation shaft it, it was clangy and sh the weight shifted around as you like crawl through it actions are very intentionally slow and mm -hmm. take a lot of time to do but are somewhat kind of more realistic too like it's not just everything's not just click a button and it's done and and i think the the thing that I really keyed into early is that saving requires you to put this like ID card into a thing on the wall mm -hmm. and then you have to hold it there for three seconds. Ah. And while you do that, you still have camera control and you mm. can look left and right. Same thing at like a lot of like desks and monitors and things that you can use. You can still look around and it's like, I want to get the lore of what's going on by reading these computer terminals. But I also realize that that's just there to get me eaten. <laughs> right right and i don't want to i don't want to be in a situation where i'm say in a rush to try to get to a save and i i did i definitely like ran all the way back to where i had come from to hit a save point because i'd unlocked another section and i had to go back through this ventilation tunnel and back because it's the only save point that i knew of and it was difficult for me to even get back there because I'm pretty sure the game will be obvious when the alien is now in play. Right. Like, like it almost has to, but I still creeped out at like, there's a dark hallway with a barely lit light on swaying on one side and the shadows are moving. And there's weird noises in the background and nope, could not take it. Just, I'm pretty sure I've uninstalled it now. <laughs> maybe i haven't maybe i haven't no that one i haven't i uninstalled another one i actually played through and beat a game soon too so too but yeah it's it's creepy if you like creepy video games if you like being creeped out and are not uh like i'm not even sure i could play it in the daylight like with birds chirping i may still be because the monitor now the monitor's big i don't have tiny monitor either right right <laughs> so it's just immersing no matter what um, it's a really good looking game isn't it oh like, my god it's gorgeous yeah um yeah it's it's a very good looking game everything that needs to be like character modeling is good but it's not like holy cow amazing it's good though and but really i think where it scores is in lighting and atmosphere and like number of objects that are around mm. so it's just a very it feels very 20th century fox realistic like mm. realistic in the sense that all of the items it also falls in line with the original aliens movies as far as the storyline goes which i'm pretty okay with because i'm not the biggest fan of prometheus um but yeah it it this i'm not sure how far the story goes it definitely throws you in to a situation where you're not alone but you're basically alone and it's very i don't know it just it, it ticks all the boxes without knowing enough i only know 20 minutes of this game mm. but it feels like it ticks every box of playing through like if if alien resurrection wasn't resurrection and it was instead just like alien 4 and you got to play through that movie this is what that feels like to me uh. So I, and I'm sure it will not surprise you at all, but I've never actually seen any of the Alien movies, even the new ones, uh, not the old ones. I I know what it is, of course. Right. Um, but yeah, I've never, I have no relationship with that uh, IP. Fair enough. <laughs> Whatsoever. Um, yeah, it, you know, that's actually a genre, or I, mean, I guess you could define it as a genre. Certainly the games fall into other categories like shooters and, and that sort of stuff, but 
the what I'll what I'll call the horror game genre yeah. um, isn't one that I've really spent a lot of time with. Like I I, right. I know Dead Space, <laughs> haven't really played it that. I mean, I've played them a little bit, but right. didn't, you know, didn't hang out a long time. Um, what about like a Resident Evil? No, I was gonna say. So I remember playing Resident Evil Two when I was a, a kid, and that's one of the only times I remember being like truly jump scared in a game. And there, it's a famous moment, but there's like you're walking in a hallway, and then these dogs burst through the window to attack you. And in those games, like the cameras are hard to control; well, you can't control, so you just get weird angles and stuff. And um, but yeah, like Silent Hill, never played any of the Silent Hill games. Yeah, I'm playing the Silent Hills. The closest I think I played that I enjoyed was we talked about before was Eternal Darkness. Which yeah, is, that's. I'm not example. sure it's really a horror. It is, but. Not as intense as a lot of games that are really trying to spook the player. Right, yeah. Yeah, Dead Space jumps out in my head as kind of the most maybe modern version of that. Well, I mean, Resident Evil is still made, so that's not fair. Um, And like the Resident Evil 7, I think it was, where it's like a creepy family or something. It looks kind of interesting, and I'm pretty sure I have it through some Humble Bundle. I just have never... (laughs) Also shocking, have never taken the time to actually uh, load it up. I would definitely recommend Alien Isolation, though. Like, if you like, especially, I mean, it's a great time of year for it. Uh, That's true. You know, like, if you're into a spooky game at all, or just if you're not, if if you just want a good Alien game, I think this, there really ever hasn't been one. So <laughs> this definitely feels like it. From like 2003, maybe era. I don't know exactly the year, but there was an Alien versus Predator game where you could play as an alien, a marine, or the Predator. Right. It was pretty popular, um, but that's the only one that yeah I've ever heard of that anyone had any <laughs> would vouch for in any way. Right. Um. <clears throat> so yeah. So um. Any more thoughts on Alien Isolation? I don't need to move on if you had more. No, no, not really. I I want to play it because it does look really cool and i don't want to just like ditch a game it's free though so i shouldn't feel that like sunk the sunk cost fallacy hits me so hard i feel so guilty for like not playing it but i i might watch like a a playthrough of it i think that because that is if i can at least step the immersion back a level Mm. then like i'm not in control it's easier for me to watch like a scary movie than it is for me to play a scary game right right and yeah I'm not going to like get to taser an alien, not that it would do anything. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just racking my mind trying to think if there's any other, like I remember, and I mean, this was over a decade ago now, but there was like the Alan wake games where you like, mm-hmm. they had like some flashlight mechanic, but again, never, never actually played them. So don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's a game that's on my radar, always alien isolation, but not one that I've ever spent any time with. It's, I would say it's good. Like, just with the little bit of time that I've spent with it, it's a good game. I just don't know that I can handle it. <laughs> I'll have to go watch a playthrough, and then I'll right. give my full readout on it. <laughs> Say that I quote-unquote played it. That's fair. Um, well, I will bring up a game that I have spent some time with here uh, that is literally the opposite of that in probably just about every way other than it's a video game. Um and that is a game that is also on the the Games Pass, uh, which is where I picked it up, so you can check it out as well. And it is called New Super Lucky's Tale. Um, <clears throat> it's 
basically a which i don't since it's called new i don't know if it's a reboot of an old game that i'm not familiar with nor have i googled which would take far seconds to find out um anyway it's basically banjo kazooie mario 64 it's a 3d platformer where similar to like mario it's not paintings but there's there's like hub worlds that you go to and then from those hubs you're going into the levels and then the levels all have like kind of a primary objective but then you can collect enough coins or you can get all the you know in mario it was like red stars or something but okay i have seen i've seen bits of this Mm -hmm. i think this was kind of one of the things that came out with the xbox game pass or maybe the xbox one when it came out it was like a a, maybe a launch title or something i see so but it looks familiar yeah yeah but yeah it's a it's a i mean it's everything about it and that's why i say it's the opposite of alien isolation because everything about it is like cute and colorful and (laughs) silly and like i mean the 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 chicken comes out and is like Boo. <laughs> right there's a, i mean that's as scary as it gets like the enemies are are cats you know that are nice. kittens um yeah so it, there's nothing <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's zero jump scares in super lucky's dale um but yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been a long time since i've played you know a uh, banjo kazooie again style kind of game right. or whatever um and yeah it's a lot of fun it, it I will say it's also very easy. So I think that that also contributes to the like, I I don't know, like it's, you know, you you have to think a little bit, but the forgiveness that is present in, (laughs) did you make the jump or not? And that kind of stuff. (laughs) You landed on thin air. You keep walking and you'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I have like 50 lives because you can die. And then, yeah, and then it goes and it's like, oh, you died. Restart at checkpoint and then like lowers the life counter by one. And it's like, does anyone actually ever run out of lives in this? And if so, is there a continue mechanic or is it just game over? Like, this is kind of strange, but um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun, delightful little thing. You get to there's little costumes you can unlock throughout the game. So then you can mix and match little outfits for him, which are two pieces. So it's not. You know, hat and pants. Correct. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> nice. maybe there's hat, pants, shirt, shoes. Maybe there's three. I don't yeah. think there's shoes, but I think there's hat, and there might be shirt and pants. Can't remember for sure. Not. Maybe it's like overalls. They're like combined. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And like the default outfit is no clothes, so it's not like he's naked otherwise yeah. or something. You know. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, you know, for anyone that likes that style of game, it's good. And it's cool because it's not exclusively one format. It's it's almost, it's kind of um, reminiscent of Rayman and the way that Rayman, um, it's not Legends, it's the one after that. Whatever, whatever the latest Rayman game is that you and I have both played. Right. Where like, there's some levels where it's it's more like an endless runner where you're not actually pressing forward. You're always moving and the screen is chasing you and you just have to time the jumps correctly. Um, and so it switches to like a 2d perspective for that. Um, there's just straight up 2d levels that play more like a Rayman or something. Kind of a, it sounds like a crash bandicoot sort of actually never played a crash bandicoot. So I don't, don't know the comparison, but yeah, very well, very well could be. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have a PlayStation one and PlayStation two. Um, 
I did have, but it was before I owned tons of games all the time. I so. knew people that had them. I so yeah, yeah. that was all. All of my PlayStation was other people that had them. So right, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a fun time. I I like I said, I I would suggest it to anyone that enjoys a, a good platforming experience, and it's it's not too demanding. Um, and again, there's a little bit of execution involved, but certainly cannot oversell that because it's pretty <laughs> i mean banjo kazooie has a a lot of like what's the word i'm trying to look for like it's it's there's a lot of allure to that type of game like a mm-hmm. super mario 64 kind of experience so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah exactly and it's just so i mean it's it's just i will forever be a sucker for cutesy little colorful high-pitched voice thing <laughs> like as many people hate it I absolutely love and and will die on the hill of uh, the little Navi fairy and Zelda that flies <laughs> around. Like, I love it. I love that little thing. Hey, listen. Yeah, I know. And every time I'm like, oh, yes, what do you have to tell? <laughs> what do you have like, to say? <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled each and every time. Um, I wish I had one of those in my real life. So <laughs> might be able oh. to make this happen. I would teach you sarcasm. So. I'll definitely hook it up to my Bluetooth though, so that like at two oh. o'clock in the morning, I could just like, hey, listen. Just so we're a hundred percent clear right now for the rest of our lives, I will never accept a robot from you, no matter what happens, no matter what. In fact, even if the robot was like, I just print millions of dollars, that's why I'm here. I won't trust it. I won't believe it. I won't believe it. I'm not evil. <clears throat> Anywho, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's not a ton to say about Super Lucky Tail because it's not it, it's not really that innovative other than like the way that they mix and match the levels up is um, is, is neat and, and does break the monotony of it up. Um, and they also like the hub worlds. You can proceed just like Mario 64. You can proceed from hub world to hub world to, to access new levels without hundred percenting all of the levels nice. first. Yeah. Um, I think I have hundred percent at all of the levels, but knowing how quickly I will move on from a game that should speak to how easy it is to hundred percent right. the levels. Cause right. I'm not, I'm not grinding for hours. You're not an S plus tier guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, you said that you had actually, outside of alien you'd actually gotten sat down with the game and, and completed it yeah i fully completed installed completed and then just uninstalled because i didn't really feel like i needed any more of it um but it was really good i played through again xbox game pass so i've to be clear i've downloaded like i don't know a dozen games or so mm-hmm. from xbox game pass so far um so i'm trying to go through some of those and one that's been on my radar actually for quite some time and was really excited to see not only be released but also be for free on game pass uh i was willing to get it i think it's on steam as well i don't think it's terribly expensive maybe like a 10 15 title uh but that is carrion and carrion is essentially if you got to play as the fleshy blob monster from the thing and you were it and you were terrorizing and trying to escape from your research facility yeah, I think I know I played it, you know, probably a month ago or something when it came out. Same deal, though, because it was on the the PC pass. Um, and I think I talked about it a little bit, but I didn't really get that far into it. And not because of any problem with the game. It was just one of the million instances of me playing something, being like, this is fun. I'm done for the evening. 
And then the next day when I sit down to play games the next time, little Navi comes up and it's like, Hey, steam sale. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or just whatever. Like, Hey, look at your library and pick something else. Right. You know, and which is my, my, my plight. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I got, I get not very far at all. Um, maybe had gotten a, a single upgrade or something. I feel like I got an upgrade. I don't even remember what it was though, but so explain, explain how that all kind of, so it's, it's a, yeah, it's a 2d. It's almost, almost a Metroidvania. I would call it like a Metroidvania like, mm. and not a light, but a like, because you do get upgrades and equipment and changes to your character that allow you to access new areas and you can go back uh but going back is not something that you have to do and in much there's a couple of places that lead you into a different area of the same zone like you go forward into a mission and then it takes you into another area of a zone that you've been through like on the other side or something uh but there's no map so it, it kind of leans into the euro blob monster because like your version of a map is you can hit a button to like growl and essentially any of the safe spaces that you have found and infested will like echo back like what direction of the screen they would take mm -hmm. you to them. But that's the closest thing you have to a map is kind of snarling. So unlike, <laughs> so unlike a Metro game, you're not looking at like a grid and seeing like, oh, there's a secret room here I haven't no. been to yet. Like there's right. There no. are some like secret rooms and the, the puzzling style elements are similar to the way that a metroidvania game would set them up where like you see an objective that you can't get to and you think about how to get to it and then a few screens later you find an item that allows you to you know fire between a, a web between a small gap or claws that'll smash through certain types of walls or something and it's a uh, it's also so it's it's a 2d style game and it's all it well it's keyboard and mouse but it's not wasd it's keyboard or it's mouse movement control because you're a slimy blob monster made of tentacles and as you click and hold the button and point it and move your mouse around you'll just kind of sling yourself rapidly in in that direction mm -hmm. um but it also because it's mouse control it gives you that fluid slithery movement instead of being locked into like a wasd you just have very 360 movement and it's kind of erratic and not very precise, but I, I feel like that leans into your character that, you know, you're, well, they're you're also not, not asking you to make jumps and stuff. No, right? no. So. Yeah. There's no real platforming elements. The, the precision is mostly in your speed from one place to another in later areas of the game when you're fighting against people that have flamethrowers and, and machine guns, you want to dodge around them very quickly, but your, your left mouse button moves you, and your right mouse button activates a kind of a grabby tentacle. Um, and yeah, you can grab and manipulate quite a few objects in the world, from levers that open doors to grabbing people, that if you bring people close enough to you, a mouth will appear and you will chomp on them. Um, and you can open and close doors, you can tear doors off their hinges and throw them at people and if you hit them they'll they'll knock them over or whatever and that gives you some time to run up on them um but yeah it's a lot of like slithering through vents uh it's creepy without being scary like 
Yeah, I was also I was curious how you would what you would think of the gore. I mean, it's 2D pixels, so it's not it's not photorealistic in any way, but it's a pretty gory kind. Of, I mean, you're ripping people in half and all sorts. Yeah, of I mean, it's it's not super intense. I don't think it's any worse, really, than like Mortal Kombat. Like there's. Oh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat is way. Right. Well, I'm talking like <laughs> at, like like SNES Mortal Kombat. Oh, OK. Like pixelated Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Modern um, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is, is intense. I can't. That's that's where I kind of draw the line. Is like that's not super fun for me. Oh, um, I love but, it. Fifteen minute YouTube clips of just all of the fatalities, like because <laughs> I'll never pull them off. But oh man, it's great. It's great. Anyway, I digress. I would actually do the videos of stuff just to see them once over the stopping a fighter to get an X-ray move bothers me. Like um, when, it, when it like kind yeah. of pauses the action. Yes. Uh, no, that's what it, that's what bothers me about that game. But <laughs> I, would agree, I would agree with that. It's a weird interruption to the flow of of the game. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's you leave a, a red slime slash blood trail everywhere you go and mm. you are a horrific meat monster. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Yeah, it's not super highly detailed or anything. So what if it had Meatwad's voice from Aqua Teen? How? <laughs> oh, Lord, I would love it. That would be the best. So I, I had talked with you and I won't spend long on this. But if you if you have even a remote interest in the game, or just want to see somebody take it in a direction that you didn't expect. Markiplier does like a 20 minute play on it and just voice acts the meat monster the entire time. And yes, it is. It is I'm not the biggest fan of Markiplier, but that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the way he played on yeah. basically making the meat monster use the voices of all of the people that it consumed. Mm. So, um, and not actually being a horrifically bad guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> But kind of a kind of a aspiring musician uh, instead. But yeah, it's um the mechanics in it are actually get pretty intense later. The puzzles are there are several where I reloaded from checkpoint because I thought that I had failed doing things in a specific order. Um, but there is no there are specific order puzzles, but there are no like if you accidentally eat too many of these guys yeah, and you need one of them to be alive, like that doesn't happen. Um, it's set up in a way that like you can always solve for the most part. I, I don't think I ever actually soft locked. I thought I did a couple of times. Um, and there's a couple of times where without a map, it's more of a slithering around the map simulator in the later game. Cause the maps do get kind of big and you forget where you've been. Um, mm. but the overall gameplay, I don't know that it's more than, I don't, I want to say it's under 10 hours and I want to say it's probably closer to like five um a hundred percent maybe a seven hour you know kind of thing if you unless you i mean again i'm sure if you know what you're doing i'm sure it can be speed run probably in less than an hour um i haven't looked yet but i have wanted to see a speed run of it because it looks like it could be an interesting one to go through for that but good variety of power-ups good variety of puzzles and objectives excuse me and there's a uh there's a bit of like all of the story is told just through like inferring things. And so there's no like text to read or like lore, like you play through the lore basically in a couple of sections. Mm. And I don't know. I, I was really fascinated there. We've talked before about how you don't get to play the bad guy enough and you really don't get to play the horrific meat monster bad guy like ever. Um, right. And so being able to do that was kind of fun and the the movement mechanics really are something that 
it just like when you play like seeing it doesn't really describe the feel like it's got a very specific feel that you don't get in any other game yeah i i kind of picked up on that in the limited time i had with it that it felt like it it felt innovative but at the same time i'm almost you know we've talked about this before about the length of games and how the demand for games to always be a hundred hours is not actually a good demand um I'm actually kind of happy to hear that it's that short. The only way I wouldn't be happy to hear it's that short is if you were like, wow, there's this set of mechanics that I've just not seen in anything else. Right. Which to some extent that's there, but really it's more like the context of it is not. The context is, I mean, there's been mouse movement style games. It's not super new in that regard. It, the way there's some weight to it and some heft and some momentum that is different than like a rocket ship style, like asteroid style game or something. But I think it definitely is more the context. And I think a shorter game serves it, it, it really well. It's definitely a weekend. Like I picked it up on Saturday and was done by Sunday. Right. And didn't know life at like I did plenty of other things. So it was, a, yeah. but it was the perfect length. It was a great game to play through. By the time I did get to the end of it, I was very happy and satisfied like i was like this is kind of the perfect length of game for the power-ups that i've been given and the style of game there is a few things that that i might not necessarily have chosen as the progression system Mm. in some of the way because you can get bigger um but your abilities are dependent on how big you are and there's Mm. multiple phases of growth that you can go through so if you need an earlier ability you either have to take damage which can be dangerous because damage can spike very quickly so you you're not guaranteed to take like just one hit of damage or there's spots where you can like deposit a chunk of yourself and become a slight a size smaller so it it was pretty obvious when that there was a section that would need that coming up there's a spot to deposit stuff here and the problem is those your hit points are also based on that Mm. so it makes it more you lose hit points and become smaller and faster but you also don't have any of the weapons or defenses that will allow you to defeat certain things. And so it does kind of pigeonhole a couple of sections, but it usually it's just to like defeat security and then come back and get all you cause, cause you can come back and eat up all your mass back up and mm. become super big again and then go wreak havoc and terror upon the masses. So, right. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it almost seems like because it's not <clears throat> something with any, like, real, like you said, platforming, it it kind of, I, I don't know how they would make it a 20-hour experience and make yeah, it no. compelling. Because there's, again, hence innovation. I'm sure someone <laughs> someday will come up with some way, but. Um, I mean, you could. If you included a map and more abilities and, like, more complex, like, because you're, you're viewing a fairly small chunk of the screen at a time. Mm-hmm. So if they zoomed the camera back more and and dove deeper into the mechanics, I'm sure you could, or just space them out really far, which would be boring. You yeah. get upgrades and mechanics at a pretty fast pace. Mm-hmm. You become a pretty good, angry, evil blob monster. <laughs> and all of the fun things, like you get to take control of human bodies, like with a tentacle in their neck. And so you can like walk them around and puppet them. And if somebody notices the tentacle part, then they may kill that human 
Mm. Like, but you can also take over a soldier and like just go yeah. kill all the other soldiers with this soul, like sling them around. And when right. you're done with them, you just throw them against a wall or whatever, and and then slime through a a sewer grate and then eat them. Like, it, <laughs> but right. it's but it's it's not in like a macabre. Like, I guess it's macabre, but it's not in a such a grotesque fashion that I was really turned on. It was very video gamey, like mm-hmm. with just a hint more the thing <laughs> than like you're a, a like a destroy all humans type thing it was not a comedy game but it could be made into one pretty easily so. right yeah i was when i started playing it that's a thought i had i was like i wonder if this is gonna be funny and it didn't seem like they leaned very hard into that which i appreciated because i think it would kind of undercut right tone. and it's There's... a short game you know yeah, there's like 30 voice actors credited in the credits, but there are only human screens. Like, mm. so there's just like 30 or 40 different people that all went into, and it looks like all friends and family of the people that made the game, but it, it all of them are just like, ah, bleh, bleh. <laughs> like, so it, to have like, th- there's more voice acting voice credits than there are like programmers <laughs> credits. <laughs> That's funny. That's so, funny. That, but that's it. There's no, there's some readable text, but it's not story. It's only ever when you break into a zone, there's like a computer monitor terminal that'll basically tell you how many secrets in that area are left, essentially. Mm. And then there's a couple of side scrolling panels that have some jokes on them that are like, you know, the, the recent power outages are due to a, like a failed update. Our IT is working on it. Uh, please return to work as normal. And definitely, like, not a, a blob monster that's terrorizing the facility. <laughs> right, right. That's but that's it. There's no other readable text or anything like that. All of it is contextual through the gameplay. So I love it. Of, yeah, I was going to say, I appreciate that. Like, that's a that's a place where I have struggled so much. I've wanted to play, like, um, Divinity, uh, uh, Planescape, not Planescape Torment. That's the really old one. But Pillars of Eternity is what I was trying right. to say. But there's all these like CRPG, you know, D&D based kind of games that all look so cool. And I'm sure they are because they go in places that a lot of, you know, they're, they're not your standard fantasy fair. Like they, they get weird and they do weird stuff and that's cool. Um, but man, there is so much reading and I just can't ever do it. I just I I try and then if I, I want a book. I'm going to get a book. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it kind of speaks to like the risk of rain thing that I like so much, where it's like within one minute of of actually getting to into the game, I can be shooting stuff and dodging stuff. And I, there's something about that that I appreciate. Um, I am hypersensitive to, to long loading screens. Yeah. I like GTA. I was out on GTA 5 online <laughs> because of that. Uh, I don't know. There's been a, a variety of games. Anthem was notorious, which that was uh, yep. that was not my own solo feeling that was the world at large was like what have you made <laughs> loading you had to you had to go into a loading screen to load back into the town to then go to another loading screen to open up your inventory to change gear like, in a game in a looter shooter right i mean imagine in borderlands if you had to go back to a town and go through a loading screen to change guns like what get out wow. of here so yeah. um so in in the spirit of my um, my non persistent love <laughs> that I've stumbled into, <laughs> I decided to do something that uh, is both of us have 
have feelings about. Uh-huh. Um, and that is I booted back up Rogue Legacy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't go by Rogue Legacy 2 then? Nah, early access. <laughs> oh, that's right. It is. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would anyway. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, Rogue Legacy is cool and it's got a lot of, it has a lot of like humor in it that's ridiculous right. and like it's a well-made game it's a game that's obviously made with love you know what right. i mean like whoever yes. made it liked it and was making it because it was their thing not obviously they wanted to sell it but it wasn't just a commercial idea right um so i i was like all right i gotta figure out that like there has to be a way that this works different than how i've understood it right so the first thing I took note of was that the very first boss in the castle or whatever, the first boss of the game, is actually level 50. Okay. Um, so I took that as kind of a note, or maybe it was level 30. I think that's right. I think it was 30. But so, yeah, that's true. But anyway, so I took a, no- a mental note of like, okay, I'm not going to even try and beat the boss until I'm close to level 30. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to, yeah. because I feel like maybe in the past what I was doing was trying to like. Too early. Well, treating it like it's any other normal platformer. Right. And then getting rolled and then getting frustrated and whatever. So I did beat the first boss. Um, and uh, I'm over level 50 at this point. Um, I have only found the forest, which is the second biome you're supposed to go to. I've only found that boss layer once. And I didn't enter it because I wanted to go pick up something else and then died before it mattered. And I've not actually found it again. So <laughs> I'm actually basically where I was the first time with Rogue Legacy, which is that I beat the first boss and yeah. then never really go past that. Like I, I'm high enough level that, that the forest enemies don't dominate me. I actually have discovered it. And this was that's actually, you know, I, I talked a little bit about Ori and the Blind Forest. The, the parts of that game that brutalize me are actually the platforming parts. And it's this, it's actually the same thing in Rogue Legacy. Like, it's not the enemies that really get me. I mean, not that I'm perfect or something with them. But it's when you enter a room of spikes on the floor. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, little platforms that you have to, like, jump and then hit down. And I was going to say, it's always the down sword. Anytime I have to down sword, just, yep. nope. I need, yep. I need a turbo button that just does that macro because yeah. I cannot consistently do it. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> um, but anyway, so I don't know. I, I've been playing it again. I'm interested to see personally if I'll go back. I don't know. I mean, I didn't when I stopped playing it. I wasn't like, oh, I hate it again. Um, we'll see, though. It's you know, it's <laughs> it's got a track record already. So. Oh, right. Yeah, it's got a long history. <laughs> right. Right. But I thought of you as soon as I started playing it. I was like, oh, if he knew. Oh, if he knew. He, <laughs> what, he are what are you yeah. doing? What are you doing? You know where this goes. It goes into the forest biome, and you never play it again. And then now I, you just go into the forest biome feeling better about yourself and never play it again. Correct. Correct, yeah. Um, and then I'll, one other thing I'll mention briefly. There's other things I played, but I just want to throw this in since that was so so brief. This is even briefer. I was like, you know what? I haven't played Foxhole in forever. Oh, yeah? And Foxhole is a game that basically has no persistence. Like, there's persistence in the overall conflict between the right. factions but your character doesn't level yeah, or anything yeah. which i love and i loved about it at the beginning um wow that game has changed yeah i almost took a screenshot of the map and sent it to you just because wow but yeah. then i was like you know that it's that interesting actually um but yeah the map 
the map is very different looking and my experience was i spawned into the world fast traveled to wherever uh found a conflict somewhat nearby hoofed it over there um i was on the green team there was a blue team tent on the map kind of close to the area i was going and i was like oh i'll go check that out and so i'm like crouching and like sneaking or whatever get really close to the blue base and um haven't seen anyone have heard some shots fired but didn't right. actually see anything so i'm like again like going prone and like trying to be sneaky or whatever get into the street like the, you know the actual road um and then hear an engine start and then a headlight turns on and i'm like oh no oh no so i stand up and then run the opposite direction right as a blue tank pulls out right behind me and then just one shots me with the cannon and then i just all stepped forward and that was the end of my time with foxhole so <laughs> i ate a warden tank shell to the teeth and was like i'm good <laughs> i don't know i think that's a good use of uh of a shirt though like you wasted their ammo you know they probably could just run you over like <laughs> Um, what's better is that I stopped and got a rifle and three clips first. So more than the shirt, I also uh, wasted more. Well, not wasted. Fair, fair. Donated guns and ammo to the enemy team. <laughs> but I knew I would be in a protracted firefight. I can't run out of ammo in this situation. Yeah, oh, you know? okay. Yeah, three clip McGee here. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was, it was all bad. Oh, Lord. That's awesome. Uh, I still I still think very fondly of Foxhole. I think that a big part of the reason it was fun the first time, though, was because like you and I played together mostly and we had a couple other buddies jump in and out. But it was a fun experience, like kind of trying to explore that space together. Right. Um, solo, mm, not yeah, as I mean, much. I didn't really have as much fun solo. I did play it some solo, but yeah, yeah, it's. I think I might have said this recently again, so I'm sorry for being a broken record, but you know, we always talk about why gaming matters and, and there's such a, a variety of reasons, but for me, it, it's become more and more clear because I've had less and less social interaction in gaming over the last year yep. that a lot of the reason gaming matters for me is that it's just a social platform. Um, but I'm jaded about trying to meet new people on the internet. Mm -hmm. So if it's not people I already know, then I just don't do it really. Um, Whereas, like, most of the really, really fond gaming memories I have largely center around playing it with friends somewhere right. in there. Uh, but, yeah, anything else that you'd, you'd been going um, through? So I'm still chugging away at Dual Universe. Um, ah, I'm still loving that's it. MMO. Yeah. Yep, I, I have an MMO now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you dirty MMO player, you. I guess. It is. It is kind of bad, too. Like, it's... I would like to take more time to make fun, but I'm actually being disingenuous if I do, because I'm currently subscribed to World of Warcraft while not playing it. So That's fair. Yeah. it's actually worse what I'm doing. So anyway, go on. There was a uh, dang it. Now I've, I've forgotten. But so anyway, uh, yeah, Dual Universe has been pretty good time. Still chugging away with the clan and enjoying uh Mostly mining, although I am now getting in a position where I am starting to build more. I've built uh, at least one fully finished fighter mm. um, that I even... Our, our our guild is Rhino, 
and so on my fighter i put like a little rhino horn on it because you know you gotta, <laughs> why not why not you gotta you gotta represent you know and uh i can't find it. oh i know how to find it uh i'm looking for there's a game that i've been wanting to compare it to forever elite dangerous there we go hmm. um I've heard a lot of people compare it to Elite Dangerous, and I can see some of the comparisons there. Elite Dangerous looks like a much bigger game overall, um, but without all the voxel planet building type stuff. So, right. yeah, Elite Dangerous, I think, I think it actually is um, probably most comparable to the X series. Like, if you've ever like X three and X four, I don't know if you've ever seen. Okay, those. I've, I've seen them. I have not played them, so. It's there's and I, I don't fully understand Elite Dangerous. There's some MMO component to it, mm-hmm. but I don't think that you're forced into it. No, you can like single player. It just puts you in a spot in the universe where no people are. Right. Like it's still online and you might see somebody else, but you're very unlikely to. Yeah. And then multiplayer, there's different variations of multiplayer. But I watched a, a short documentary or like interview on the Fuel Rats which are a group of people in Elite Dangerous that just go help people out when they're stranded. And the whole guild actually has like dispatchers and a website. They will tell you, like, if you're running low on air, they'll be like, give us what coordinate information you have and log out of your game. We'll be in contact when one of our people is close to you. Like, it's a whole thing. And and it just kind of reminded me that I wanted to be like a AAA service guy in in dual universe mm-hmm. so it's a really fun video to watch and and they're talking about how mostly like what they do is less about refueling people that are out of fuel and more about teaching people how to play the game mm. because it's giving them tips on how to get out of there's certain situations that players can get stuck in that they can't necessarily save them from until they get unstuck from it so the dispatcher will guide them through getting out of that sticky area and then dispatching an agent to go save them and i thought it was just such a cool cool concept but dual universe still chugging away at it i am now making my first ship with an interior um so as a making a small based ore mining ship and got a few got most of my production is all up and running now i'm getting into bigger production the guild a few of our members have been on and pretty active lately so the basis the big base that they've been working on is starting to look pretty awesome and we're trying to figure out kind of what our next direction is going to be i think everybody's kind of tasked with sometime soon build a fighter because we just need to play pvp maybe against each other and kill each other some to figure out like the mechanics do not work like you fly a ship and you have a radar and you click the left mouse button to shoot like the smallest ship can have like a gun attached to the gunner seat but even that you can't fly and shoot at the same time Ah. you have to have your mouse unlocked in a separate menu, but a gunner seat can have like four guns and you can manage the person that has, that is flying the ship can designate a target on radar, but then you as the gunner can choose like that target or a different target. You can track them separately and your guns like angle of fire and turn speed will show up as little bars on each gun on a menu on your right hand side and then you can click them independently to fire them as they they, and that bar is a percentage chance to hit Mm -hmm. 
but you just have a gunner like array of items that tell you your guns your ammo you can choose different types of ammo to load in each gun reloading takes time so is something that you have to kind of manage because it's not just like a three second reload it can be like 15 20 seconds to reload a weapon or more depending on the size and so you can call out it's very cooperative centric where you could call out like, Hey, can't take any shots. You need to line up the shot better to the pilot and, and, or a radar person select a different target. So if there's multiple people operating different pieces, you have to be communicating that to each other. Um, so seeing some of that and finally getting to test a little bit of that, I have weapons and a radar equipped on a small fighter. I have not taken it into space yet because I don't want to lose it. <laughs> but, right. Um, and I'm also just kind of enjoying building on uh, a new ship with some nice, you know, got some uh, mahogany wood floors in it, you know, because you got to have a little bit of class, but carbon fiber walls, you know, so. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was always surprised in EVE, the way that they solve um, the angle of fire is that if your ship has one gun slot, it actually has two. And so if there's a gun that goes on the top of your ship, it also gets mounted to the bottom. Nice. So that way it doesn't actually have to account for that kind of stuff. Right. So that's interesting that they, that they do have it in there. Um, yeah. Dual universe still sounds, still sounds pretty cool. I, um, I was playing Albion online and uh, kind of decided that I didn't care anymore again, which is disappointing again because the sandbox MMO continues to be attractive to me. Um, but then I was like, well, you know, Shadowlands, the WoW expansion comes out at the end of October, so I can play that. And then in the last few weeks, that was delayed. So I don't know what I will do for sure now. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm paying for WoW and I could play like the pre-patch comes will come out in October and I could play it after that and at least be, you know, level a new character or something through the new version of, of how the game works. Um but I don't know. I, I'm not like super disappointed that it's delayed. I mean, it's fine. I, I would rather a game be delayed and get fixed than come right. out broken. Because uh, the truth is, is that they'll just take the servers down and fix it anyway. So right. yeah. <laughs> um, you come you come mine some coal with me, you know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I, well, I, so that's the thing. That's what's been so interesting to me. And I don't know if it's because I'm for the first time in my life, I just have other stuff to do. Right. Which, I just didn't forever because, you know, unlike you, not married. Um, so don't even have another person that I'm accountable to in any way or that I owe time to in that kind of way, you know, uh, or and not. owe. like I don't mean to no, paint no, your no. marriage as <laughs> some <laughs> transaction based thing. I get I am very lucky, man. I get to play plenty of games. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's like but now that I you know, now that I'm doing the two podcasts, like I just have I mean, I record minimum almost three nights a week, just about every week and sometimes four and then I'm editing and doing all that. And to be clear, I still have plenty of time, but the MMOs and, and I'm curious what I'll think about. Wow. I mean, I already bought it six months ago, so right. I'll, I'll play it. But like, it kind of intimidates me because I really can't, I can't frame it in my mind as like the thing that I'm addicted to because I literally just can't play all the time anymore. You know what I mean? Like, right. so I think the allure of the, the non-persistent game is, is just because I don't have to think about, you know, I don't have to think about it on it as like something that I'm compelled to go do all the time. Whereas like the MMO, when I get right. really into it, it's like when I get done working for the day, I want to log in and grind this next thing or whatever. 
and, and since that's not available, I think that that's part of the attractiveness, I guess. Is, and... Well, and I think it's also like, I mean, in dual universe, I'm tracking what are the items that I want to build next? What are the skills that I want to make sure that I get trained and by when and what is, what am I putting, what am I making these items for? Cause even if I leave for a day, I come back the next day, I'll just have a bunch of stuff like mat, different materials that I've ground out in different ways, but it, I didn't, there's no in-game journal for me to write everything down in. Like, this is what my goal is. So I can remember some parts of my goal sometimes, but other parts that when I'm getting into very specific items that I need to craft and the order that I need to craft them in, it's like, oh yeah, definitely have some, some notes written down for that so that I make sure and remember when I get in tomorrow and setting things up before I go to bed. Even if I'm watching YouTube or doing something else, I may hop back in for 10 minutes before bed and just check on all my crafting cues, make sure none of my factories are jammed, maybe queue up a few extra items to, to get me through the night and then, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So I, I get that. And I think, I think I've been really enjoying the, the shorter game experience, like not, I, cause I'm kind of the opposite in where most of my gaming experiences aren't social. So I've had a few friends that are like, Hey, we should play a game together. You got a new computer. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. And I'm like, I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't want to, but I get a lot of my social interaction. Like I talk on the phone a lot and, and I call people and we'll do that sort of stuff. And that's where I get most of my social stuff when I'm gaming. It's mostly cause I want to like unplug my brain at nine o'clock at night and just kind of fade out. So I don't want it something that's super intense or super twitchy. I just kind of want to chill and, and enjoy a relaxing or happy experience. Definitely not nightmare fuel time right before bed that's not something that i can put myself through yeah but yeah no i think that's fair i mean and really the only reason that i've had that social experience is because i've had kind of a strange adult life as far as my living circumstances because i've not you know again i've never been married or anything or or had a, a serious girlfriend that i was living with so i had i mean i lived with my roommate out of that i was friends with since high school for close to a decade, you know what I mean? And then even after I moved out with him, like still had other friends that were around and playing games all the time. And that's in the last year kind of dissipated. So in conjunction with having like a new hobby and podcasting to spend my time on also, um, Well, and then on top of that, because I know a couple of your friends have kind of moved away, but on top of that, then we just have quarantine. True, true. you know, that adds a, an additional layer on top of that where it was already kind of thinning out. Now it's really right. mandatorily thinned out. You right. Know? Yep. That's true. That's true. But yeah, well, anything else that you wanted to, to cover this week? Uh, no, I think there's a couple of other things I've touched on. I think I'm going to save them. I want to see if I go back to them or not or if they kind of fade out. Oh, I will say this, though. I have accidentally played through the tutorial of rocket league ah, nice. so so it has been opened which means gone home needs to at least be installed I, which I, okay a accident you have to commit to playing with me one time i before. did download it on purpose yeah i it downloaded free, it on purpose and you got a ten dollar credit on the I epic store it for it purpose. so you can but i could have i could have just bought it i could have bought it and not downloaded it I intentionally downloaded it. I feel like you intentionally downloaded it just to have leverage for Gone Home. I don't feel like there's any. I don't think. I don't feel like this is a genuine. I'm taking a step so that you take a step. 
no one else can see your face, but this is the face that you make when you're manipulating me, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know your faces. I'm just I know saying. your faces. I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, I haven't gotten any. You've known that I had it. I haven't gotten any invites to like, hey, Brett, you want to play some rugby? You're just waiting for oh, me. Oh, I, I got I got to initiate that. I see. All right. All right. Because I just know that I'm going to get raffle stomped. If oh, I mean, like, I've, that's all that's I have hundreds of hours and i am terrible at that game in fact i saw yeah well i have like hundreds of seconds right. I, so <laughs> i well i just mean i have no expectation that we win even if you would were equivalent to me we would still both be terrible um i had a, i saw a buddy the other day playing and he was playing with a keyboard and mouse which is not it's not no one it's not that no one ever does that but it, i just don't see it very often and like I've watched right. pro streams of Rocket League and stuff, and a lot of them will show like their controller. Like they have kind of like you'll see with keyboards, but it'll show like a diagram of the controller so you can right. see the inputs. Um, so they're definitely using a controller. Anyway, he was playing with a keyboard and mouse, and I was like, really? Keyboard and mouse for Rocket League, huh? And he was like, I don't know. I just kind of learned how to play it that way. And um, I tried a controller later, but I was just used to it but the other way. So I stuck with it. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I'm low Diamond League now. I've never made it out of silver. And I was like, well, you know what? I will never comment again on how you play because clearly you are infinitely better than I am at Rocket League. And the controller is not the the sticking point here. So <laughs> never mind. I'm sorry I said anything. I'm a keyboard and mouse driver myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I am not good enough to speak to any of the intricacies as to why it would matter. So yeah, good luck. I'm sure you'll be great because I'm not. And it doesn't matter that I use a controller. So I... I have nothing. I have nothing to rebut that with, other than great. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to play soon so that I can then demand that you play Gunner. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll take it. So that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion or share your thoughts. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend to help keep us growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like more of my insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. <laughs> <laughs>